No, I haven't received any, Chairman. Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, uh, Cabinet. Um, apologies for absence and declarations of interest. We have apologies from Howard Riles. And we think we may have apologies from Councillor Ranger. I believe he was away all week, Chairman. Okay, declarations of interest. In which case, minutes of the last meeting held on the 4th of April, I believe in Dunmo. Was it a true record? Yeah. Excellent. They will be duly signed. Thank you very much indeed. Matters, item 3. Matters referred to the Executive by the Scrutiny Committee or by the Council. No. Item 4. Consideration of reports from Overview and Scrutiny Committee. Councillor Dean? I, I think all I have to report is that at the last meeting the um, committee started on its work programme for the current year um, and set up um, an informal group to start to discuss uh, affordable housing of which we, we had a, a meeting yesterday, Councillors Barker and Redfern were there amongst other members and uh, it's too early to report any outcome from that, but discussions are underway about assessing whether uh, the district's needs for um, affordable housing, social housing, etc., might be different from the way we've worked in the past. But as I say I can't really report any outcomes at this stage. Councillor Parker. Um, could I just say, yes, I thought it was a very good meeting yesterday. Some of the things that came out, I'm sure, will be reflected back. Um, to scrutiny. The other thing we did take away from your scrutiny meeting, Councillor Dean, was some issues around waste and recycling. I have chased the officers to come back to me on that. I um, haven't had anything so far, so I will try again because I would like to bring some actions back to your committee. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, if there are no other items, we'll move on to five. Any updates on refugee working? No, no update at this time. Okay, thank you. Um, item 6, report delegated decisions taken by Cabinet members. Now, you have one in your papers, um, which you'll have read, so I won't reread it. Um, and um, there is a further one. Uh, have they, has everybody got a copy of this? Yes, Chairman, it's available electronically, but there are a few hard copies here if anyone wants what to have one. This is... Uh, the uh, Councillor Riles is, um, is the decision maker to, to agree the content of the draft baseline service statements for car parking, street services and environmental health relating to the Saffron Warden Business Improvement District. We have seen it before. All okay? Good. Thank you very much. Um, item 7, establishing an Assets of Community Value Committee. Councillor Barker. Chairman, thank you. Um, the situation is here that we have initially we um, considered all the assets of community value as a collective cabinet. Um, sometimes when cabinet is a bit overwhelmed, that's a bit of a job to do if discussions wanted or more clarification sought. 
So the Cabinet has on a number of occasions delegated this to a standalone committee. The idea of this paper is to make it a positive standalone committee, not one that has to have instructions to the Cabinet every time. And what we would look to do in the fullness of times, once we have a heritage list established as well, is to ask this committee to have an overview of both of those functions and whether things should or shouldn't be included on those lists. So we have a recommendation that the Cabinet appoints an asset of the Community Value Committee with three members to consider nominations which cannot, in the view of the Assistant Director of Governance Legal, conveniently be considered by the Cabinet. And we're asked to appoint three members. That has been, um, as a standing rule, myself, Councillor Ranger and yourself, if we're content with that. I'm very happy to stand aside from that. Okay. Is anyone else interested? Not exactly very contentious. The rules are fairly, fairly straightforward. Councillor Howell has put up his name. Okay. It's very rare that I ever volunteer for anything. I can't, <laughs> can't imagine what came over me. <laughs> Thank you, Councillor Howell. I think this is the more efficient way of doing business. Councillor Redfern? Um, could I ask, though, that perhaps we have a... Um, when things are registered, the next Cabinet, we just have a quick... Um, verbal report of what they are because it is really helpful to yep. know because we do get asked this when we're out and about quite a lot. Councillor Dean. When I looked at this it um, reminded me of a matter that's popped up from time to time not specifically on this topic but uh, it, it's obvious that assets or proposals for assets of community value will be in one ward or another and, and the council hasn't yet got into the um, uh, practice, I think, of, of communicating with ward members over ward-specific things, of which I'm sure these are. So, I mean, there's something that I'm not going to go into that was on tonight's agenda that uh, was of that nature. I, I'd just like to make the point again that uh, we need to put in, I believe that the Council needs to put in place mechanisms that ensure that ward members are made aware of things that are coming to Cabinet and particularly to um, a working group which might even have less visibility um, unless, unless that practice is established. No, that's perfectly, perfectly correct. Yeah. I, think, I think that's right and certainly when I belonged to the, I was representative on the parking partnership, I made sure if proposals were coming forward, although parish council members should have been consulted and district members sometimes, you missed the loop and I think it's very important, as with the item that's been withdrawn tonight, that uh, the parish councils and the district councils are in the loop. So quite happy to ensure that that happens. And you will note that recommendation 8, that the cabinet appoints some of its members um, and if they're not available we can have a substitute. So I move the recommendation, Chairman. Okay, those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. Okay. Um, so the next item is appointment to the Voluntary Support Grants Committee. Um, in his absence, I'm going to suggest that Vic Ranger chairs that, but I don't. Uh, it is his portfolio. Uh, so, if we're comfortable with that, we can move on to item 9, to review and appoint membership of Cabinet Working Groups at page 19. So, if I assume the other um, group leaders have been through this and are content with the list. Yeah. Councillor Dean. 
Yes, in terms of the um, appointments, I mean, the only question that I, I would raise is whether the refugee working group and the waste strategy panel, uh, which don't seem to meet more than once every several years, uh, are, are needed. Chairman, I think like a lot of these things, I think it's easier to have members there and call a meeting if they are needed rather than to have to populate something. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think um, the Refugee Working Group has obviously met uh, on important occasions and it rather depends on the current situation. Uh, so I think the answer is yes to that one. Um, waste Strategy Panel... When did you last meet on that? I haven't met for ages. We haven't, but if, if, you know, if decisions do have to be made, or, then I think changes to the way we work, partnership working, or something comes up, but uh, you know, the future of our trade waste, if we do need to meet, I think, as I say, it's easier to have the panel in place than have to constitute one. Oh, of course, indeed. So if we think... Let's, 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 um, if this time next year it still hasn't met, we'll... We'll okay. review when we do the same. Well, these are slightly different circumstances, but we, uh, it's a fair, fair, fair comment to review um, our committees to make sure they are relevant. Okay, that's fine. Thank you very much indeed. Um, so item 10 is appointment to outside bodies at page 27. I assume the same thing, that the other all content. So that takes us on to item 11, um, North Essex Parking Partnership. Uh, Councillor Riles is the portfolio holder for economic development and Councillor Ranger as a substitute member, content. Yep. Item 12, West Essex Wellbeing Joint Committee. This is another group that's never met, um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll do it in case it ever does. Um, myself and Vic Ranger as the portfolio holder. Um, as you know, um, there are other probably more relevant groups, namely uh, our own health and wellbeing group, which is doing a great job under the chairmanship of Claire Morris, who used to be the CEO of the West Essex CCG, um, and indeed the Essex Health and Wellbeing Group, uh, which is also doing some great work, um, and um, that's under the chairmanship of John Spence, and he's certainly um, made it a lot more vibrant. And if... Um, you will indulge me. I'll, I'll look for that when somebody else is talking. But there was some good news that came out of um, North East Essex um, uh, STP, the North East Essex and uh, uh, Suffolk uh, CCG, that it's a government pilot, which is, which is good. But I'll, I'll, I'll try and find that for you just to update you. Um, item 13, the scrutiny review. Chairman. Uh, Councillor Barker. Um, before we go on, could I just ask, you mentioned the Essex Health and Wellbeing Board, but not... Within our papers, we don't apparently appoint anybody to that. No, that's appointed by the Essex oh, okay. and uh, sorry, the Essex leaders and chief executives right, meeting. Okay, then fine. Uh, but I am actually the representative on it. Okay, um, so that takes us, Councillor Redfern. Sorry, um, West Essex Alliance, which I am apparently a member. I have never um, had. There's never been any meeting of that, as far as I'm aware. So no. What does it? What does it do? I'll, I'll, I'll let the chief executive answer that. <laughs> so the West Essex Alliance has been established for some time, as um, with the intention of looking at economic development issues across the three 
local authority areas. It hasn't ever met and it's likely to be overtaken by a different body that seeks to actually reduce the whole number of meetings. There's, there's been a proliferation and we need to be clear about the terms of reference and the purpose and so on. But again, I think uh, for the same reason has been said, leave it on for now, but there will be a, uh, a refinement, I'm sure, of all of these. And the new group could be extremely pertinent because that brings together councils from East Hearts, Hertfordshire County Council, Essex County Council to look at what we have called Middle Earth, probably not a great title, but you know what I'm talking about. It's not London, it's not Cambridge, it's, and it's not Stansted, it's the bit in the middle. So, uh, well, it is Stansted, actually. No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm perfect, no, that's a perfectly happy with um, being on a, an outside body that never meets. That's my, my kind of work. So. Okay. But no, of course... It, you know. So just for uh, cabinets and uh, colleagues' information, um, today NHS England have announced that the North... East Essex and Suffolk Sustainability and Transformation Partnership, STP as we all know them, is one of four new areas of the country to join the NHS Integrated Care Development Programme. And more information is on the CCG's website. Um, and um, it, it, it is uh, because it will give them freedoms that don't exist in other areas. So it is, it is an important model and as you know, those of you who follow health and care, social care closely are waiting for the day when it is all one single body and integrated and probably we break down the commissioning and providing uh, provider uh, model uh, as, as well. So that's, um, that's a, we'll watch that closely and could have relevance for other parts of Essex. Good. Moving on. Scrutiny review. Uh, Councillor Howell, page 29. Well, we were doing so well um, and getting so much done. Then we got to item 13. Um, I'm, I'm a strong supporter of the role and purpose of scrutiny. Um, I believe it has an extremely important role to play within the council. I was a member of scrutiny for four years during the lifetime of the last council. And I think I've attended almost every scrutiny meeting over the last three years. Um, so I hope that the comments I make will be accepted as they're intended, as that of a critical friend. Um, it's clear that we don't do scrutiny as well as we could. Um, it's also, I think, a sign of a strong organisation that we're willing to reflect and listen and try and improve on how we do things. Um, I participated in the, the work that was done by the Centre for Public Scrutiny uh, and I think the, the report that they've prepared for us is extremely valuable. And given the constraints around these things and the ability just to, to interview and attend just a couple of meetings, I think it's also very insightful as well. Um, number nine sets out the strengths and positives. And I think we do really need to acknowledge those. There are some really strong positives about how scrutiny interacts with, opera, uh, with, with officers how it engages with the executive, the way it functions. And these are, these are strong positives which we should be willing to acknowledge. Number 10 lists areas for improvement, and I think that they are also important factors that we need to reflect upon. And I'd strongly recommend that all councillors read the report in full and try to avoid what is probably human nature, which is just to cherry-pick the points that endorse one's own particular worldview. Um, there is one phrase in the document on page 41 
under 25, where it says scrutiny's job is to hold the executive to account. And one of my great frustrations is that that one phrase is used and is, seeks to permeate almost everything else when we read this document, rather than the other six pages. Um, and I think it's important that we take the whole document rather than just that one element. Um, I'm not going to refer to, to any particular presentation that was made to Council, but I think that this document is much more than that single phrase, scrutiny's job is to hold the executive to account. Um, I think one of the key aspects of scrutiny and what for me makes a good scrutiny function is to improve our decision making. Um, it's stating the obvious but a successful organisation consistently makes good decisions. Any idiot can make decisions. It's being able to make good decisions time and time again. And it's in that area that I think that scrutiny has a particularly valuable role to play. Not just interrogating, not being a platform, an opportunity to grandstand, an opportunity for a committee to act as a quasi-opposition, but for it to improve the decision-making that we make as, as a council uh, and the decision-making that we make here uh, as a cabinet. And looking back over the last two or three years, I can think of actually some examples of where we have done that well. Scrutiny has improved the decision-making of this council. I think specifically of the opportunity when we invested in Chesterfield Research Park. It's possible that they were knocking on an open door. It's possible that scrutiny identified things that would have been required anyway. But they focused very closely on the governance of our investments in Chesterfield Research Park. And I think that that helped the decision making, both at Council and Cabinet, and improved it. We as a result of the contribution, contribution from scrutiny, did a number of things that, that I think were really beneficial. We chose to appoint independent non-executive directors. We chose to appoint one of those as chairman of uh, the investments in Chesterford. We have a separate board. We have separate accounts that report to the governance audit committee. We ensure that future investment decisions are made by full council and not by cabinet. As I say, some of these things I think I was quite keen on anyway, uh, and we may have been required to do, but they, it was important that scrutiny had a, a pivotal role in designing that governance structure, and in particular ensuring that councillors didn't sit as directors on the, uh, on the board. Uh, and so I thought that scrutiny played a valuable role, I think, can think of an example that was slightly uncomfortable where we had a call in the Divisier Avenue um, piece of land. And I think that scrutiny did its role extremely well then, testing uh, the decision that Cabinet took. It was a contentious and, and difficult um, decision and not the easiest of meetings for, for me to attend. Um, but nevertheless, it did its job role. It did its role well. So I think that there are really good things that we've done. But having attended every scrutiny meeting over the last three years, I can tell you that sometimes I find them quite dispiriting. Um, I don't think that the things that we should be doing, we're doing as well as we should. And that's quite clearly set out in this paper. 
Um, I think where we have done it best is where people leave their political hats at the door. Um, I know that's a difficult thing to ask for, but I think that it's clear to me, as a critical friend, that that's where we have functioned best as a scrutiny committee. I also recognise the absolutely critical role that the chairman plays in the culture and um, character of that committee. And clearly we have in Councillor Dean a highly experienced and knowledgeable councillor, somebody who's a former leader, a long-standing councillor. He probably knows this council as well, if not better, than almost any other councillor. It's important, therefore, in that role um, that the committee tries to avoid, in my view, a narrow, narrow political agenda and looks beyond just the, the, the immediate opportunity to, to establish some, some good headlines. I very much welcome the report. Um, I think that it's valuable that scrutiny looks at how it does its operations and how it can um, work better. I absolutely believe that scrutiny has an important role to play. I've always been very, very strongly supportive of it. I note the recommendations in the paper um, under item, item 12. Two or three of those relate specifically to the Cabinet, uh, bullet point two, that leaders and Cabinet members are directly accountable and visible, and dealing with the relationship with Cabinet, that there's structured meetings to discuss to discuss scrutiny. I certainly endorse and support those. Um, I think the recommendations are helpful and welcome. I will continue to attend scrutiny if I'm invited by the chairman, as I believe I will be. I'm keen to continue to discuss the budget, the consultations on local council tax support, our budget priorities, all other aspects that come up. Um, I want scrutiny to do its job well and I think that this paper will help it to do so. So I therefore move the recommendation that Cabinet accepts the recommendations of the Centre for Public Scrutiny report. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Councillor Howard. We have a seconder, Councillor Barker. Anybody wish to? Councillor Lodge? Thank you, Chair. Um, Yes, I have to say I've been to very, very few scrutiny committees as opposed to Councillor Howell. However, I was, I was quite impressed with the one, the one I intended. I, th I attended particularly. There was a, 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 not a very good decision, I think, from Cabinet. And the, um, the decision was, uh, was sent back. Uh, and it was very much with cross-party cross support. And I think the, 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 the prime mover, I went to give evidence, but sort of one of the early speakers, the prime mover was, was from the uh, administration. And uh, I thought that functioned uh, extremely well. However, um, it's a bit, bit alarming when you said overview and scrutiny is underachieving. It lacks purpose and authority. That's pretty damning. Sorry, you, you said about taking one thing out of it, but that's a, an, another thing to take out of it, and it is a, uh, a major problem. So it looks as though we have work to do, and so then moving on, on to the action plan, um, officers, it says, are working, uh, discussing how to implement the recommendation and councillors Dean and G. Barker, the committee chairman and vice chairman, will be involved in these discussions. Um, I do think here it would be appropriate to have uh, a member of my party to, uh, to add to those. It's a, a little bit uh, one-sided, shall we say. 
And so could I uh, suggest to Cabinet they might, they might want to invite uh, one of my members of that committee to join in? It is not for Cabinet to make that decision, it's for the Scrutiny Committee. Perhaps the Chair might like to comment. <laughs> Your mic's not on. Thought I had done. Um, I, I was waiting to see whether any other member of the Cabinet wanted to say anything, otherwise I will respond to one or two points. I mean, okay. I'm not here to present the paper. The Council of Health is able to do that. Um, I, I think what, what will be needed, what we should be taken away from this, is if, if the Cabinet is in broad agreement with the recommendations, then we arranged discussions uh, outside this meeting where maybe the, whether it is Councillor Howell representing the Cabinet that we get together and, and talk it through and decide precisely what needs to be done rather than try to um, uh, progress matters tonight uh, because I think I, I'm, I, as, as, as uh, Councillor Lodgers just mentioned there are other members of the scrutiny committee particularly the Vice Chairman who would want to get involved and whether we extend that I think is something that can be taken offline um, I mean, I, I think there <laughs> just, just to pick up one or two um, points made by Councillor Howell, just to illustrate that there is need, for, I think, for further offline discussion rather than try to bottom it out now. Uh, one of the things that um, came out of um, a conference uh, that I attended, a, a, a CFPS, that, that's the... Um, what are they called? <laughs> What's the first word? What does it say? Centre. Centre, thank you. Centre for Public Scrutiny uh, last year was, was the importance of the way that local government is working these days and particularly the, the agenda of um, finance <coughs> raising other than through council tax and grants from central government was the need for um, there to be a scrutiny mechanism in place. Um, unless I've missed something, it, it, it is a fact that prior to the uh, decision being made on Chesterford Park, in fact, there was no engagement of the scrutiny committee because it was done in a fairly short period. So, and, and one of the things that came out of this um, conference was, in fact, the need for the importance of the um, independent uh, scrutiny of those arrangements before they're put in place. So I think Councillor Howell isn't quite correct in saying that there was engagement there. There has been the beginnings of it since. Um, and so that is one area where, again, pre-scrutiny in future um, probably needs to or does need to engage better. And the only other thing that I would... Um, would pick up, and again, I think this is for discussion in detail offline. Is the, the I know Councillor Howells said this before, in fact, he said it at the meeting where we had the CFPS representative along where he presented his report. Is this business of what does holding the cabinet to account mean? I think, I think we do need to have discussion on that. Um, Councillor Howell said it then and he said it again tonight, a uh, concern about 
headline grabbing, I think, was a term that was used. Now, one of the ways in which um, scrutiny or the equivalent of scrutiny at Westminster works is that they have public sessions and occasionally they, they do grab headlines because the, the debate that's going on with members of the public uh, grabs headlines. And I think we need to consider whether that's in fact a good thing because it, it shows that there is, there is uh, rigorous internal debate and, the, and that the public is not, and that it's not that everything that goes on here does not go on behind closed doors and that's really one of the roles of scrutiny. Um, so I think, I think we need further discussion on that because in fact it was a point that um, the representative from the CFPS actually made in, in countering Councillor Howell's comment on that occasion that what's wrong with headlines if it shows that you're doing your job. So I, again, I think, I think we, we, we consider, uh, consider that in detail. So I mean, if the cabinet is prepared to accept these recommendations, then I certainly go along with the idea that officers will arrange dialogue to turn it into reality rather than um, just ticking the box and let's carry on as usual. Uh, certainly from the committee's side, they're, they're, they're willing to change, but it does need both parties to learn how to tango, and um, I, if that's the case, I'd be delighted. Good. Thank you. No other comments. Um, so, first of all, I applaud the, um, the initiative to actually examine the work. It wasn't just this. We did one in planning as well, and I think it's absolutely right. Of course, we did one on ourselves in terms of a peer challenge. So, it's absolutely right that we, we, we continue to um, uh, challenge the way that we work. Um, and uh, there's a series of recommendations. I won't go through all of that again. Councillor Howard laid that out in great detail. Um, but I think one of the most important points that he made was take the, take the package as a whole. This is a bit like that um, when you look at these pictures that are designed that you can see either a boat or a, you know, something else in a picture, depending on the way that you look at it. And that's exactly the same with this, um, this, this report. It, it must be considered in its totality rather than picking bits out of it. But um, on that basis, uh, I ask that Cabinet accepts the recommendations in the report. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much. Item 14, update on Garden Community Delivery Member Governance Board. Um, so um, we set this uh, body up in February of this year, as, it, as, as the report says, and I'll assume that you've read the report, but there are four objectives under point two um, to um, the strategic view that's over and beyond the period of the local plan, um, that we ad are adhering to Garden City principles, uh, that we are uh, advocating high quality of place and high quality of life, and that community engagement is a key aspect um, and that uh, there's facilitation of economic sustainability and economic development. And um, most of what this uh, board discusses is commercially sensitive. Um, and um, having said that, we don't do secret meetings. So tonight is a public display of the work of the um, of, of this board, uh, but also uh, it is not a decision-making body. That is another key aspect. So any decision would eventually have to come back to um, Cabinet or more probably uh, Council. The, the board has met six times um, and um, uh, um, 
people have now been uh, promoted. So, for example, in point three, in terms of uh, the negotiation, uh, I, I won't read out the names because you've got them in front of you, but I think that's a, a, a key piece of progress. Um, that uh, paragraph four, dealing with the housing strategy, um, which is, was also subject to a member workshop, but I think that also is, is a key aspect uh, of, of the work, health and well-being. We have paragraphs five and six, very all-embracing uh, uh, piece that. Um, and working, obviously, um, with North Essex and having uh, Councillor Bed Bentley as the Deputy Leader of Essex as the particular focus uh, from Essex on our group is, is very helpful uh, along with um, David Hill, an officer uh, at um, ECC who used to be in the private office of uh, the Secretary of State of DCLG. Uh, very good uh, to have that connection. Um, paragraph 8 deals with how we're going to deal with community engagement and if you look at your future programme you'll notice that that is a subject for the next meeting. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, paragraph 9, um, comparing what we're doing with what is going on elsewhere. So hopefully that's a, a summary of um, our work to date. Uh, but as I say, uh, no decisions. And um, the only reason that we are meeting um, out of, uh, in a non-public meeting is, is, is the nature of the work that we're doing. But the work plan uh, laid out on page 51 and 52 indicates what happens next. Very happy to take uh, any questions. Otherwise, my recommendation is that we note the update for meetings of the uh, board uh, between February, its um, launch, and today. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, that takes us on to item 15, uh, nominations for assets of community value, uh, Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. This is a renomination for the allotments in High Roading, and as the local member there, I can certainly confirm that the asset is of community value at its actual current use of the land, that is not an ancillary use for the social well-being or social interests of the local community. This is a very well-used allotment. Um, it's now got an apiary there providing uh, honey, looking to expand that section of its work, and it has great value to the local community, Chairman. So I move the recommendation that this is readmitted. Do I have a seconder? Yeah. Recommended for listing. Thank you. Do I have a seconder for the bit that I did, by the way? Councillor Howell, thank you. <laughs> no, no, Rebecca, thank you. Um, anybody want, wish to comment? Okay, you've uh, had the recommendation read out. Uh, those in favour? Thank you very much. Item 16, right of way in Little Chesterford. Councillor Redfern, I believe, or... Yeah, Councillor Redfern. Thank you. Um, this is um, a property in Little Chesterford where the owners have gained planning permission for a property in their rear garden, but the access that they need is um, actually owned by the council. Um, currently they have a right of way over it but only to serve a rear garage and the owners are asking to extend that right of way to serve the new property. Um, so the, what I'm requesting is that the right of way over the road for the benefit of the new property is granted subject to a, um, a payment of a premium. Um, the requirements to contribute, the requirement of the contribution is to future maintenance and limitation to the new property. Um, that the Assistant Director for Housing has delegated authority to negotiate the appropriate consideration having taken advice from an independent valuer and the relevant legal terms and conditions. 
That is my request. Founder Seconder. Any comments? Just, just, just to um, make clear as well that obviously any um, financial contribution would then be used within the HRA. Good. So the recommendations page paragraphs three and four. The right of way over the road for the benefit of the new properties granted subject to the payment of a premium, the requirement to contribute towards future maintenance and limitation of the new property, and that the assistant director housing is delegated to authorities to negotiate the appropriate consideration, having taken advice from an independent value and relevant legal terms and conditions. Those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you very much. Item, the next one. Six, sorry, 17. Item 17 has been withdrawn. Um, there is no other urgent business that I'm aware of, so the meeting is closed. Thank you. Excellent, Chairman. Not a nice night.